Amen. Thankful that he's son of the blood. Amen. I rejoice every time I hear that song because I'm not what I used to be. Amen. I'm thankful this morning I'm not what I used to be. Amen. I'm glad that if you're not in a place where you ought to be this morning, you can say too, before you leave this building, that you're not what you used to be. Amen. It's good to be saved. Good to know the Lord this morning. Turn with me to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Also very familiar scripture to you in the word of God, but we pray that God will give you something out of this that will help you this morning. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. The Bible says in verse 11, Luke chapter 15, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divideth unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, we thank you, God, another opportunity, God, another privilege, God, together in your house. God, we thank you for the sweet spirit, God, in the building this morning. God, we thank you for each one, God, that's come out. Lord, we do pray, God, this morning, Father, for each heart. God, in each need in this building, God, you know this morning, God, what our needs are. And God, we're thankful, God, this morning, God, that you're able, God, to supply all our needs according to your riches and glory. Father, we ask you this morning, God, to hide us behind the cross. God, I pray this morning, God, these people don't see me, but God, they see you high and lifted up. I ask you this morning, God, to touch my voice and God, touch your heart, God, touch your mind. And Father, I pray, God, most of all, God, that you would anoint us, God, with the power from on high. Father, we realize this morning, God, except you meet with us and worship with us, God, except you move upon us, God, we can do nothing. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. The Bible says in this very familiar scripture that there was a certain man that had two sons. And in verse 12, the Bible says, The younger of the sons said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he, and the, he, talking about the father, divided unto him them his living. Now, if you notice in this scripture, the, 
the younger son came to his father and he was dissatisfied with what was going on in the father's house. He, uh, my friend, he never really got hooked up with the father, if you would say that. Amen. And as I began to study this and began to think about this scripture, uh, my friend, the younger son, he never had a connection with the father to begin with. You see, if you really love somebody, you're going to do what they want you to do. Amen. You're going to work with them. And you may not always agree with them and you may not always think exactly like they think, but if you really love somebody, you're going to try your best to understand them and try your best to figure out why it is that they're doing the things that they're doing and why they're wanting you to do the things that they want you to do. So I see in this scripture a younger son that never really loved his father, even though his father loved him beyond measure, had given him food on his table and shoes on his uh, shoes uh, shoes on his feet and clothes on his back, I, had given him a roof over his head. I, I, my friend, the father had loved him with a love that was unmeasurable. I, yet the younger son never realized I, and never appreciated what God had done for him I, and what his father had done for him. I, I'm afraid this morning there's probably people sitting in this building. I, you've been to church time and time again yet you've never really realized what God has given you and you've never realized what God has put at stake and how much God has spent for you to be here this morning my friend you've never had a connection with the Father you've never really loved the Father like He loves you you see the Bible says that we love God not because there's anything about us that makes us love God but we love God because He first loved us friend we couldn't love God except God loved us first and I'm thankful that He loved us enough to send His only begotten Son. Thankful that He sent His Son to the cross. Thankful that He provides our every need. You see as you look around you this morning the needs that you have in your life. Your flesh has needs. No doubt we have to eat. We have to drink. We have to have clothes. We have to have heat. And we have to have certain things in our life. And God provides those things for us. Friend in yourself you don't have the ability to wake up in the morning and put your shoes on and go to your job to earn the money that you earn by yourself. That's a blessing from God that you're able to do that this morning. Amen. And I'm thankful that God has been good to us in that respect. But we see a son that did not realize just how good the father had been. And he said, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. He made a demand of his father. Now, I don't know about any of you in here this morning, but I found out real quick that I don't demand anything of my dad. I don't demand anything from him. He's provided my needs. He's provided what I needed as, as I grew up. He was a father and a dad to me. And he, he fulfilled his duties as that. And my friend, I'm thankful for him this morning. And it didn't take me many times to realize that my friend, he was giving me all that. And I wasn't going to stand in his face and demand of him. The same as God the Father. Friend, you don't make demands of God the Father. You don't make demands as to what you want God to do. My friend, we need to realize that this is not about what we want but it's about what God wants and when we realize that it's not about us and it's not about our wants well then we can get in the will of God and we can get in the place where God can use us and where God can use the church and God can use the people to see Him move friend there's a lot of things that hinder the Spirit of God and most of the time it's our wants that hinder the Spirit of God it's our demands unto God that hinder the Spirit of God Hey, I don't know about you this morning Hey, man, it's not the big sins that I have a problem with. Hey Amen. It's sometimes it's not even the little sins in my life that I have problem with. But it's the wants of my flesh and the desires of my flesh that hinders me and keeps me from serving God. You see most of us this morning we've got our lives so orchestrated that we can't hardly serve God even if we wanted to. Hey Amen. And God tells us to get something out of our life and to put something on the back burner. Hey Amen. And we put it on the first 
foremost in our life and God can't use us because our wants have come first and foremost. Honey, this morning I want you to lay that on the altar of God. I want you to say, God, here's my life. God, help me to put you and God, help me to let you be the one of my life and your will to be the one of my life and God, let your desire be my desire and that'll keep us from being a prodigal son, from stepping out of the Father's house. Hey, it's easy this morning to do that. Hey, don't, don't think that there's anybody in this building above doing that because everybody in here is susceptible to the wiles of the devil. We're susceptible to what he has out there to offer. There's been greater men than you. There's been greater and godlier women than you that have failed from the, from the house of God and failed from, from being a Christian. Hey, man, I'm not saying they lost their salvation, but I'm saying they got out of the will of God and they got to the place in their life where they couldn't serve God. Hey, I realize this morning there's been a lot greater men of God than I am than my friend that has stood and preached and no doubt had the power of God on their life. My friend, but something came in. There was a foothold in their life. Amen. And Satan got in their midst and drug them out. And it ruined their testimony. It ruined their witness. And no doubt all those that they preached to and had an effect on. Honey, don't you think it didn't affect their life too? Amen. This morning, your life always affects somebody else's life. Amen. You notice in that scripture, the Bible says that the Father, He divided unto them. Amen. Both of them. He didn't just give to the younger son the portion of goods, but He gave to the older son too. He divided everything that He had up, and He gave them the portion of goods. And if I read the Word of God correctly, it looks like the younger son got the money in the bank, while the elder son got the farm at home. Amen. The father gave everything that he had to them two boys. Amen. He gave them what they wanted. He gave them everything he had. And the Bible says in not many days, my friend, the younger son took a journey, and he went out into the far country and he wasted his substance with righteous living he got the money in the bank and he began to think about how good it was going to be when he could get away from the father and he could get out into this world and he could enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season see he didn't love the father to start with you say preacher how do you get that over in the book of little John the Bible says love not the world neither the things that are in the world for if the love of the world Amen. The love, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. Amen. If you love this world, amen, you don't love God. Amen. That's why as Christians, there's a pull that pulls us away from the world. There's something that separates us from the world. Amen. Sometimes you don't even mean to separate yourself. Amen. But there's just something on the inside of you that you can't even explain that separates you from the world. Amen. When you walk through the clothing department, you look at some of those clothes. Amen. It ought to separate you. Amen. That'll be something to say, I can't wear that because I'm saved by the grace of God. When you walk down the CD aisle at Walmart and you look at them CDs and them music CDs, got the parental advisory on it. I don't care if you're 18 years old. If it's got one of them on it, you don't need to be listening to it. Amen. Hey, if it ain't good enough. Amen. For your children to listen to. It ought not be good enough for any of us to listen to because those things begin to infiltrate our minds and will cause us to look into the far country. Amen. We need to love God and hate the world. I'm not talking about who's in the world. I'm talking about what the world is and what the world stands for. Amen. And that's sin. Amen. Satan is the God of this world. 
Amen. He controls the things that are going on around us. You may not believe that. Amen. But the Bible says that he's got great power. When he fell from heaven, a third part of the angels fell with him. And don't you think this morning that that third part of those angels are not at work, my friend. Amen. The Bible says we war not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers. There's powers in the air this morning working against the things of God. Amen. There's a power at work this morning. The Bible said to try the spirits to see whether they be of God or not. There's more spirits than just the spirit of God. Amen. There is a spirit of Antichrist the Bible speaks of. Amen. Satan has a spirit about him. There's a spirit of dissension. There's a spirit, my friend, of bitterness. There's a spirit of jealousy and envy and strife. There's a spirit of doubt. There's different spirits, friend. But you need to see which one is of God. And you need to know the spirit of God. And learn the spirit of God. And abide and be led by the spirit of God. That younger son, he took his substance and he began to look into the far country. Now don't you know this morning that it wasn't just something that happened just like that. He had been looking into the far country for a long time. He had been thinking about the far country. He had been dreaming about the far country. Amen. I've noticed in my ministry since I've been saved and since God called me to preach I've noticed that as I've been a pastor over a flock of people and looked over a flock of people. Amen. That people don't just get out of church. Amen. Overnight. It's not something that happens just like that. I, I have noticed that you can watch them in church. I, amen. And you can see them start slipping a little at a time. I, you can almost see it on their face. I, you can see, my friend, that they're starting to love the world I, more than they love God. I, and they're starting to slip out just a little at a time. I, and then all of a sudden they can find an excuse. I, amen. Something that don't really amount to a hill of beans. I, but they can use it for an excuse I, to make their entrance into the far country. I, I believe that's what the younger son done. I, he had the far country in his heart. I, far before before he ever left home. You may be here this morning in the far country is embedded in your heart. You've got your sights set on somewhere and it's not of God this morning. Honey, I want you to know that you can get right with God. You can fix it right now. You don't have to wait till you get out in the mess that the prodigal son got into. You don't have to wait till you get into the hog lots of this world eating after the hush that the hogs eat after. But you can fix it this morning. You can get right with God now. You can go back and join up with the Father and say, I love you. And you know what? He'll say, I love you too. And you can have fellowship with God and fellowship with your church and fellowship with the Spirit of God. The far country was embedded in his heart far before he ever left. And might I say to you this morning that the far country, it may not have been measured in miles, but I believe it was measured more so in morals. You may be here this morning and you ain't ever left the house of God, but deep in your hearts you've been in the far country for a long time. You've been dabbling in sin. You've been trying everything that you could try while still trying to come to church on Sunday and serve God. You've been trying it on Saturday night, but on Sunday morning you put your best on and you come to the house of God. Can I say that God is far from you in your life. Can I say that God's not in that? Can I say to you this morning, hey man, you're just as bad, you're if not worse than the one that went out and left the house of God and made a mockery because you're doing the same thing. Hey man, you're telling them lost people you're with on Saturday night that it's okay to do what you're doing because you're right with God by coming and singing in the choir on Sunday, by coming and testifying and doing what everybody else does. Honey, you're telling them it's okay to be a sinner. It's okay to be the way that they are. Hey, we need to come out from among the world and be a separate people, saith the Lord. There ought to be something different about you. The far country may not be measured in miles, but it's measured in morals. 
How is it with you this morning? Have you been in the far country? Have you journeyed into that place? Maybe you've still been in the house of God. I tell you, you can walk out of this church this morning. Hey, man, you can either come and get help or you can walk back out in the same condition you're in. That lies with you. But I don't want anybody to leave this morning. Hey, man, with their heart in the far country. When the Father's house is set for you, the Father's house has been prepared for you, and God has given His best for you. Can I say the far country is eventually going to get the best of you? Hey, man, you may think you've got the world by the tail. You may think you've got this thing figured out. You may think you've got the party on Saturday night and going to church on Sunday figured out. You've got the telling the dirty jokes on your job on Monday morning figured out. You may think that you've got it all hid. Hey, man, you may think that you're okay with God. Hey, man, you may even get a little funny feeling sometimes. Can I say the devil will give you a little funny feeling? Hey, man, to make you think you're right with God. But if you're going contrary to the Word of God, hey, man, you're not right with God. Amen. Hey, man, if, you're, if your life don't line up, hey, don't listen to what I say, but if it don't line up according to the Word of God, hey, man, there's something that you need to fix. Amen. The far country will always get the best of you. That prodigal son, he went out. Amen. The Bible says that he wasted his substance. Amen. Can I say to you this morning that if you're here, you're saved by the grace of God. Amen. You've got something in your life that's a talent. Amen. And you're not using it for God. You're wasting that. And can I say when you get older in years, you're going to regret that. You're going to regret wasting your talent. Amen. God give that to you for a time and for a season. The Bible says that life is but a vapor. Hey, you don't have all, hey, you don't have all the time in the world to, to use that talent. Hey, man, you've got a few short years that God's given you. Hey, man, you need to use that for the glory of God and use that for the cause of Christ. Use that to see souls saved. Hey, man, that's why God gave you the talent that he did. Hey, man, I thank God for people that can play the piano and play the instruments. Amen. Thank God for people that can sing in the choir and people that can teach. Sunday school and some people just are able to pray hey man but God's give a talent to everybody in this building can I ask you this morning are you using that for God or are you wasting your substance are you using it for what you want to use it for or are you using it for God and using it to see people saved he wasted his substance with righteous living no doubt the father had a set of rules when he lived at his house no doubt the father had some things that the son had to abide by, but when he got out in the world, he just went hog wild, if you will, and he began, my friend, to, uh, to, to buy up the prostitutes. He began to buy up the liquor, and he began to do those things. Uh, in that little word, righteous living, that's what it means. Uh, he began to live a life of luxury and a life of sin. Uh, he began to indulge in those pleasures. Uh, uh, but my friend, he found out that the bank account run out. Uh, he found out that when the bank account run out, uh, then the friends run out. Uh, those people that he thought was his big buddies, uh, uh, my friend, they weren't so big buddies after all. Uh, hey, man, he, the Bible says that he joined himself to a citizen of that country. Uh, he joined himself to somebody uh, that was just like he was. Uh, they didn't care nothing about nobody. Uh, he joined himself, uh, uh, my friend, unto a citizen. Uh, hey, man, a Gentile uh, joined himself to somebody uh, that was just going to use him. Uh, hey, man, that's what the world will do to you. Uh, uh, the world's just going to use you uh, and get everything they can get out of you uh, and draw what they can get out of you. Uh, and then they're going to kick you out, amen, to the dust huh, and not think nothing else about you. Huh. The world don't care about you. Huh. Satan don't care about you. Huh. But can I say God cares about you huh, and the church cares about you. Huh. Hey, there's some people in this building this morning. Huh. You may not be saved by the grace of God, huh, but I bet there's some folks around you that's been praying hard for you huh, that you'd get saved by the grace of God, huh, that you'd get your life on track huh, and that you'd get to the place where you need to be. The world's just going to use you and abuse you.
But God loves you. And God's church loves you because God loves you. Amen. We love, amen, those that are lost because God loves them. Those that are lost. The prodigal son, he wasted his substance, joined himself to a citizen of that country. He began, the Bible says, to eat, my friend, from the husks that the hogs were eating after. He didn't have no food, amen. He didn't have a steak dinner like he was used to. He didn't have, amen, whatever his favorite dish was. But he began to have to eat out of that old hog slop. And the Bible says that he came to himself. I'm so thankful for the day and for the hour that I came to myself. I'm so thankful this morning that I realized one day by the sweet Holy Spirit of God, it wasn't something to myself and that just clicked in my mind no sir that was the Holy Ghost of God that began to show me there's a better way of living Hey, there was the Holy Ghost of God showed me that I didn't have to doubt my salvation every day that I woke up that every time I'd get up and sing in the choir I didn't have to wonder if I was really saved or not hey man the Holy Ghost of God brought me to myself where I began to see that there was things in my life that weren't where they ought to be and that I needed to get right with God and I needed to do business with God and that God would give me full assurance and I say this morning you may be here eating after the hogs of this world you may be right in the mess right now you may be cleaned up you took a shower this morning put your perfume on you smell just as nice as anybody in here but on the inside of you you're so filthy and so nasty hey man it would embarrass you to death if you were to tell us what you'd been doing and where you'd been can I say to you this morning the sweet Holy Ghost of God showed you that there is a better way that you don't have to continue in that mess you don't have to be in and out one minute and out the next you don't have to be amen something that you're not but you can truly be saved by the grace of God you can truly have joy in your heart you don't have to put a fake smile on just because everybody else is. You don't have to lift your hand just because your neighbor is. But you can be saved by the grace of God and worship God because it's true in your heart and it's something real in your life. The Bible says that he came to himself and he began to, amen, he said my father's servants, he said here I am, he said I perish with hunger. He said I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And the Bible says, and he arose. Can I say to you this morning that the Father's house is right where it's always been? Can I say to you that this is the same old story, my friend, that you've probably heard preached hundreds of times? Can I say Jesus is still the same, my friend, yesterday, today, and forevermore? Can I say God the Father is Lord, and he has not changed? Can I say to you this morning, the Father's house is right back. My friend, this altar is still the same. Hey, man, this church is still the same. Hey, man, it's all always been here. It's always been waiting on you. But it's up to you when you come to yourself when you realize where you are and you realize where you're living to make your move to God. The Bible says the younger son arose and he began to go to the father's house. Amen. You've got to take a step toward God. You've got to make a step toward him. The Bible says that if you'll draw nigh unto God God will draw nigh unto you. If you notice in that scripture it don't say that God draws nigh unto you and then you draw nigh unto God. But it's you that has to make the first move. You see, God already made the move on Calvary. God already presented Jesus with arms outstretched, saying, I love you this much. My friend, it wasn't the nails that held him there, but it was his love for you and I, his love for a bunch of sinners that are unfit and unworthy. My friend, this morning, God already made the move on Calvary. It's up to you to say, I'm going to arise and go to my Father's house. Draw nigh unto God. 
and he will draw nigh unto you. And the Bible says there, amen, he said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. He had already made up in his mind. He had already decided that he was going to repent of his sin. You see, for this prodigal son to go back to his father, it was a serious thing. It wasn't just something that he was going to be able to fly back in there and do. If you study in the book of Deuteronomy, you'll find, my friend, that when a father had a elder had a son that had become rebellious, the Bible said, and rebelled against him. When he come back home, the father and the mother had every right in the world to pick up stones and to take them outside of the city gates and with the elders of the city and to stone that son and the Bible says until he die they have the right to kill their own son under the law of God and my friend this son knew that no doubt he knew that if he were to go back to his father's house that old daddy could pick up a stone and could begin to stone him and kill him and he knew that he would be justified in doing so but my friend we read my friend the Bible says the son amen that he arose and the Bible says but when he was a great way off his father saw him and had compassion on him and I don't know about you but that does something for me when I begin to think about the compassion that the father had upon his son the father would have been justified when the son came and he seen him a great way off and the son began to kneel down and I can see him as he would put his head down on the ground and he, my friend he seen the father coming and no doubt he was waiting for those songs to begin to hit him and he was waiting for the father to begin to call for the elders to stone that son but the Bible says that the father, he fell upon the son. You know what he was saying when he fell on the son? He was saying, there ain't nobody going to stone my boy. He's going. He said, I'm going to stand in his stead. I'm going to take his place. Can I say to you this morning, you may be in the far country, you may be in the hog lot, but if you'll come back to God, he's not going to stone you. He's not going to give you the just recompense of your reward, but he'll fall upon you and he'll say, I'm going to take your place. I've already took your punishment I, I stood in your stead I'm thankful that God the Father when I run to him as a lost sinner when I deserve hell when I deserve the torment of hell God the Father just wrapped his arms around me and said I'm going to cover him I'm taking care of him and the Bible says that the Father put a ring on his finger put a robe on his back put shoes on his feet Amen. If you study in the Old Testament, you'll find that Joseph, when he was down there in Egypt, when he was promoted to the high place in the Pharaoh's house, you know what the Pharaoh done? Pharaoh put a robe on his back, put a ring on his finger. Amen. Symbolizing, amen, his position. Symbolizing that everything was okay between him and the, him and the Father. Everything was okay between Joseph and the Pharaoh. Everything was okay because the son came back. And you know what he said? He said, Father, I have sinned against thee and I have sinned against heaven. Amen. He repented of his sin. He realized that it wasn't that he had done anything against anybody else, but he realized that it was between his father and it was between God. Amen. This morning you need to realize that what you're doing, it may be affecting other people around you, but the bottom dollar of the matter is that it's between you and God and you are sinning against the holy God. Not only are you upsetting your family, not only are you destroying your children, but my friend, you have sinned against the holy God. And my friend, you have made a mockery out of the cause of Christ. You have brought Jesus to shame and reproach. And my friend, as David said in Psalms 51, he said, I acknowledge my transgression. He said, my sin is ever before me. He realized and he acknowledged that he had sinned against the holy God. And in that same breath, he repented to God. 
Friend, have you ever just truly repented? You see, the Bible says there is repentance that worketh sorrow unto death. That's godly repentance. But then there's a worldly repentance. Amen. That, amen. That don't do anything to you. Amen. There's a, there's a sorrow about it. Amen. There's a sorrow in, in getting caught in your sin. There's a sorrow in knowing that you messed up. There's a sorrow in realizing that you're hurting people around you. But then there's a time in your life when you realize that you've sinned against God. Amen. Are you still with me? There's a time when you realize that you're hurting your family. Amen. That's why people come sling snot and tears. They get caught for what they're doing. But then there's a time when the Holy Ghost of God lets you come to yourself and you realize that you're not right with God and that if you'll get right with God, everything else will fall into place. Amen. Your family will fall into place. Everything else will work out. Amen, you'll, you'll know how to lead your family. You'll know how to be a mama. You'll know how to be a daddy. You'll know how to be a grandma, be a grandpa. You'll know how to be a church member. Amen. When you get right with God, everything else will come into place because you've got the Spirit of God leading you. The Bible says the Father had compassion on him, put a ring on his finger. That ring, amen, what you study in the Old Testament, those kings, they'd use a ring for their seal. Amen, when they would sign a decree, they'd take that ring and they'd dip it in ink and then. Put that seal on the paper. The king's seal. I believe the father took the ring off of his hand. That's just me. You may not agree with me. That's okay. But I believe the father took the ring off his hand. Amen. He said, son, here's my ring. Here's my seal. Here's the seal that you're mine and that I love you, that I've forgiven you. Here's the seal, son, that I've accepted you back into my house. I'm glad when the Holy Ghost of God, when I got saved by the grace of God, the Holy Ghost of God became my seal. Amen. The Bible says that we are sealed in the day of redemption, which is the earnest of our inheritance. God sealed us with His Spirit. God put on us a robe of righteousness. And the Bible says that He put shoes on His feet. Amen. If you study in the book, you'll find that, amen, slaves were the only ones that didn't have shoes. Amen. For somebody not to have shoes in the Bible, amen, was a very serious thing. Amen. Slaves were the ones that didn't have shoes. And I say that prodigal son had become a slave to what he was living in. He'd become a slave to sin. He'd become a slave to this world. He'd become a slave to that hog life. You may be here this morning and you're a slave to this world. You're a slave to sin. You can't get away from it. Can I say that God can bring you out of that? God can, God can make you, my friend, uh, not, not just a servant but a son. Amen. God can make you into something that you need to be. God can set your feet on a solid rock and establish your ways and your goings. The Bible says there, but the Father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hands, shoes on his feet, bring hither the fatty calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. That fatty calf represents the sacrifice. Amen. Most time we think about that and we think, oh, they had a big meal, had a steak dinner. I believe they had a sacrifice. I believe they offered a sacrifice for the sins of that son. And I say the sacrifice has done been given for you. Amen. Jesus ain't going to have to go die on the cross again for you because when he shed his blood on Calvary's brow, there's enough blood shed for you. And I say to you, for everybody in this building, amen, there is a way made at Calvary. There's enough blood for every single individual that will ever breathe the breath of life from the time of Calvary, my friend, till the day that the rapture takes place, till the Lord comes back, there's enough blood shed for the salvation of every single soul. And I say there's enough blood shed on Calvary to cover the Old Testament too. Amen. Them Old Testament saints, they couldn't go to heaven until Jesus died. Amen. They were held in a compartment in the center of the earth. 
Amen. But Jesus died. The Bible says that he entered into that compartment. Amen. He led captivity captive. Amen. Until his blood was shed, they couldn't enter into the throne room of God. Luke chapter 16, where do you find the rich man and Lazarus? Where do you find Lazarus at? You find him in Abraham's bosom. Amen. You find him in paradise, not in heaven. Not in the third heaven. But after Jesus died, amen, we find to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. This morning I'm so thankful, amen, that you can come to the Father, that the Father will have compassion on you. The Bible says, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Now you may disagree with me. That's okay too. I believe the prodigal son was never saved to start with. I don't believe the father would have said, This my son is lost. I don't believe he'd have said he's dead and is alive again. I don't believe he'd have said that if he'd just run off, just slipped out. I don't believe he'd have done that. You see, I believe the prodigal son never truly had a love for the father. He knew all about the father, knew everything about his house, knew everything about what he had, but he never did love him. Amen. You may be in that shape this morning. You may be in that shape. You've been around the father's house. You know all about it, but you've never really loved it. You see, if you really love him, if you're doing something in your life that hurts him, it's going to bother you. Amen. If you begin to sin and you begin to get out of the will of God, can I say there ain't as many people backslid as we think they are? Amen. There ain't as many people out of the, that are prodigal sons as we think about it as we think they are. Amen. Somebody that's been out of the will of God 30 years and God ain't ever chasing and rebuked them, there's something wrong. Amen. Somebody that can go out of this church house this morning and talk about everybody and their brother. Amen. There's something wrong. And, and the Spirit of God don't begin to convict their heart. There's something wrong because I know how I am. And I know that the Bible says the Spirit of God's no respecter of persons. Amen. When I begin, if I do something wrong, and believe me, I do, you better bet your bottom dollar the Holy Spirit of God's right there showing me that I'm wrong. Amen. If I don't repent of it, it kills my testimony. And it kills my fellowship with God. Amen. I ain't got a bit more power sometimes. Amen. You could choke a chigger with. Amen. Because my fellowship with God ain't right. Amen. But it ain't because I'm lost. And I say if you've been in the far country, if all you can think about is the far country, amen, you need to get right with God. You need to let the Spirit of God let you come to yourself. Amen. When, he, when, that, when that son came to himself, he realized exactly where he was. Realized the muck that he was in but he realized where he needed to go to. I believe in this building this morning, there's somebody that God spoke to, and I believe the Spirit of God has revealed to you where you are. The muck that you're living in, the hog lot, the stench, and the foul of this world that you're living in. But I believe in the same breath as the Spirit of God revealed that to you, he also revealed to you that there's a Father that has compassion that wants you to come unto him. If you would this morning stand, if I get the pianist to come, somebody to get a song. I wonder this morning, would you be willing to say, I'm going to rise and go to my Father? Would you be willing this morning to draw nigh unto God? Let Him draw nigh unto you. You deserve the stones, and I did too. Everybody in this building deserved to be stoned when we come back to God. But can I tell you, when I got, when I got to the place where I realized I was lost, I didn't care what anybody thought. 
I didn't care what the church thought. I didn't care what anybody in the church thought. All I knew was that I needed to do business with God and I was going to do it or die. Amen. It didn't matter about everybody else. It mattered that I realized where I was at and I realized what I needed to do. God spoke to your heart. Would you come?